of local Christian music. Amplify podcast. Make loud his praise. Hi, Amplify family. Welcome to Amplify Interview. And last week, we had an awesome privilege to have a phone call interview with Leland. And as some of you remember, Leland was here in February this year for a worship concert that was organized by Assembly Asia. And special, special thanks to Assembly Asia for getting us this awesome privilege to interview Leland together with the guys from Thirst and CD Radio. And this is a three-part series interview where Leland will be sharing with us about his journey, his faith, as well as his newly released live worship album called Better Word. So I know you will be greatly blessed by this interview, so just sit back and be blessed. Okay, yeah, so maybe I can just continue from there. Uh, you know, what is your better word of, let's say, the truth that you're clinging to in this current season of your life? Yes. Um, I th- there's so many. Um, I think the big one for us right now is next year. We're, we're praying into next year, and there's a lot of question marks about next year going, God, what is, what do you, sp-? we feel like a big transition and shift happening in our family um, and in our life, and, and it's a really good change, but I think next year is going to have a whole host of a change of pace, a change of rhythm, um, a change of lifestyle in a good way, and and so I've only been, do, I've been doing what I'm doing now for over 13 years. And so when you've been doing something for 13 years, there tends to be, and you get comfortable at doing that thing. And so the better word that, that me and my wife and our family have been praying into is that God is in control of our future and that God is in control of our family's destiny. So God has a, a specific plan for my life. Um, and you know, God's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way into my life. So I can make up my own ideas about my life and, and make, have some good ideas and try to implement those good ideas. But the Bible says that do not be wise in your own eyes, but in, in everything with, uh, says, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and do not trust in your own self, uh, but trust in the Lord. And when, when you trust in God, not when you have perfect clarity about your future, but when you just give over control to him and you trust him and, and you humble yourself before the Lord and trust him with your life, then he makes straight the path in front of you. So, but first I have to trust him. And so that's been the biggest thing for us is just we feel like we've been in a season recently of trusting God and not allowing fear or doubt about our future to fill our family, but to speak life over our future and over our family's destiny. And, and, and the Holy Spirit's been doing that in our life, growing this faith about, about next year and about our future. And, um, and it's been amazing. It's been awesome. Uh, one question is, um, regarding the album, what do you hope that the listeners take back when they listen to this album? Yes. Um, I think ultimately I just hope that it, that it inspires people to create their own secret history with God. Um, you know, I think, I know for me, um, in my alone time with God, um, there have been albums that I've listened to, um, worship albums that I've listened to that, and sometimes it's whole albums. Sometimes it's just a song. It's just one song, 
but that one song or that one album will be on repeat for me when I'm, when I'm alone um, in my alone times with God. And so I think our biggest prayer as, as the, with the band, um, with, even with our producer we, who was helping us with pr- the production on the album and the whole team that was involved, our prayer that night and our prayer now still is, is that we pray that it would just, it would, it would become a support and an encouragement for people to create their own history, secret history with God that no one sees and knows. You know, Jesus said if, in Matthew 6 that if we shut our door and we pray to God, to your Father who sees in secret, then he will become your, your reward in the open. You know, the way we're changed is um, is two, the two things that change us. One is, is the local church, being plugged into a church family, worshiping God with your church family, uh, doing life with your church family and submitting yourself to a family of people who really care about you and love you because you can't do it alone. But you also can't just do it with that. You can't just go to church on Sunday and go to worship services and that be enough to change you. Um, you also have to pursue God alone and create your own secret history with God that no one sees and knows. And But at the same time, too, you can't just lock yourself in a closet and never engage with the church because you can't isolate yourself. Um, God came up with family and God came up with relationship. Those are both his ideas. And so God wants us to submit to family, but at the same time, he also wants us to have our own walk with him and that we've our own unique walk and intimate walk with God so that when we come into the context of the local church and family, we're actually edifying people and blessing people instead of, um, instead of draining people and pulling from people. We actually become a blessing and a strength and edifying people. Uh, to what God's doing instead of draining from people and pulling from people. And so that's been uh, that our biggest prayer for this album is that it would just, it would encourage people in their alone time with the Lord that God is really with them. And there's all sorts of different songs that speak different things. Some of the songs like Better Word are speaking about God's destiny over your life. Some of the songs like Wait For You are songs about when you're in, in trauma or in crisis and you don't know what to do. Um, some of the songs are like Lead the Way or um, uh, our songs or Inhabit, our joyful songs about following God and about Him inhabiting our praise. And so there's there's different expressions throughout, but I just hope ultimately just pushes people into the presence of God, whether they're in their car or they're at church on Sunday morning, you know? Wow, great. Awesome. Okay, just a follow-up to what you have answered. How do you find stability in, in the storms of life? So if someone is going through a trying time, which song in the album would you want them to listen to and why? Sure. Oh, my goodness. Well, if it's a song, I would say the song Wait For You and and the song right after it, Wait Upon The Lord. Both of those songs are kind of like one long song. Um, Wait For You is a song that me and Kyle and and my brother Jack wrote when we were thinking about our home church. There's a lot of people in my home church right now that are dealing with all sorts of issues, and and, it, and even in my own family. And so really needing to trust God, whether it's sickness in their body, healing, um, financial issues, trauma of some sorts, losing a loved one. Um, so that's what we were thinking about when we were writing that song. We were thinking about our own situations and also our home church people that we know very closely that are going through really real, hard, traumatic situations in life um, and suffering. 
Um, and then the, this, the follow-up song, the song Wait Upon the Lord, that chorus was a song my dad wrote, actually out of a time of confusion and and trial in our family. My my parents were in, the, in like, my dad was let go from this church. They had a full-time job. Um, they didn't really know what, what the future was for our family. And so uh, my dad was actually, for a season, was driving trucks. So he was actually driving these big 18-wheeler trucks from Houston, Texas to San Antonio, which is a four-hour drive. And he would do that round trip eight hours every single day. And he did that for a lo- a, a, about a year, for a long period of time. And, and when he would get there, he would unload this whole truck of tires and then drive back. Now, my dad is one of the most anointed and gifted piano players and worship leaders both of my parents are. And so during that season, it was a challenge for them to trust God with their calling on their life and their future. You know, there sometimes we, we can go through seasons where we feel isolated, we feel far from the Lord, and we wonder, God, have you forgotten about me? Have you forgotten about your, your, your destiny for my life? Have you forgotten about the call in my life? And I think in those seasons, there's something special about this life that that has to do with suffering. You know, Paul said, I don't, I, I want to be one with Jesus in suffering so that I can be one with him in his resurrection. So there's something powerful. You know, some of the strongest relationships on, in, on the earth are actually forged in pain and suffering. Um, and it's, it's a tough thing to understand, but uh, a great example is, is men who fought in war together um, like in World War II, my papa fought in France. Uh, my grandpa fought in World War II, and one of his best friends saved his life. And uh, they were separated after World War II, and, he, and he, he always wanted to reach out to him. This, his best friend, Gary, actually saved his life. He saved his life in a fight. And my papa uh, lost touch with him for years. And when he was in his older age, he finally found him in a phone book and found that he was living a couple hours away. And they packed up the kids in the car and they drove a couple of hours to see him. And my papa was a hard man and barely showed emotion. But when he saw his best friend who saved his life in World War II, um, he ran to him and they hugged each other. They were grown men, but they cried like babies together. Um, And I think there's something powerful about that, that in heaven we won't have suffering. In heaven, we want there was, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no trouble in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. There's no trauma in heaven. Um, so there's something powerful about worshiping God in the middle of trauma and pain that we don't get to do in heaven. So there's a special dynamic of our walk with God that happens here. We don't understand suffering, why bad things happen to good people. But God has this ability to take what the enemy meant for destruction and evil and turn it around for his glory in our life. So... Um, so that's, that's something that I, that I pray for people with trauma. Two things is that is do not allow trauma and suffering and trouble to isolate you, but, but allow it to push you deeper into the presence of God and deeper into the family of God, your local church. Don't allow the, the trouble and pain you're going through to the enemy would love nothing more when you go through pain and suffering to push you into isolation and to separate you from the body of Christ and to separate you from your family and people who love you and care about you, and to think that you're forgotten. But in those times, we have to we have to push past that feeling, push past the lies of the enemy, and actually dive headfirst into relationship, 
dive headfirst into your local church and into people who care about you, that can pray with you, stand with you, and, and dive deeper into worship. Don't allow the enemy to push you into isolation or silence. Don't allow the enemy to make you silent. But in those moments, actually, those are the best times to sing and to shout and to declare and to dance and to worship, not by feeling, but by faith. And, and the awesome thing is Jesus gives us faith even when we don't feel like we have faith. We can ask him for faith, and he gives us faith. He gives us belief and hope, and it starts to change the way we live. And it becomes a testimony to people that know the thing that you're going through, that you should, it's a piece that doesn't make sense because you should be broken and you should be torn apart by this tragedy. But God can give you a heavenly peace in the midst of that tragedy that you can actually still be filled with faith hope and joy and it's of trouble and suffering. And that's what testifies to people that there's something peculiar about the people of God, that that's what the, the hope believers have about suffering. A non-believer doesn't have that hope in the middle of pain and trouble and suffering. They don't have that hope. They just, they just have pain. They don't understand why they're going through it or if there's even a way out of it. But believers have that hope. And that's what I think we need to be um, ministering to people with in this in this time because there's so many people going through trauma and trouble. Well, thank you so much. Um, maybe just to uh, ask, you know, I know that Better What is a very special song to you, but uh, what is the what is the reason for Better What to be the album title as well? Like, is there a special reason? Yes, um, I think I think mainly because um, it was a it felt like a very unique song. And it felt like a song that needs to be sung right now in the church. Um, I think um, in the last in the last probably ten years, um, there has been a healthy a healthy movement in the church about healthy emotions and being in touch with your emotions. Um, I felt like for maybe a long time in the church, we didn't really understand emotional health, and we didn't understand some of those things. So. In the last 10 years, there's been a wave of being in tune with your emotions and listening to them and, 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 and figuring out healthy emotions. But I think in, the same, in, in a way that we have a tendency to overcorrect, one of the overcorrections I've seen is that you can be so in tune with your emotions now in the church that you actually listen to them. And the problem with, with that is... I was never called to walk by emotions, but I was called to walk by faith. Now, emotions are involved in love, right? Like, I mean, imagine being married to somebody who never showed emotion to you. That, that would be terrible. That marriage wouldn't work. But, but my love for my wife isn't emotional. It's, it's not just emotional. There's part, my emotions are involved in my love with my wife, in my intimacy with my wife. But really... My love for my wife is deeper than my emotions. It's actually a commitment to my wife that, that come hell or high water, come death do us part, in sickness and in health, I am yours. That's what my love for my wife is saying. I'll lay down my life for you because not only do I need you, but I'm giving you my life um, and pouring myself out to see the best come out in you. And I think that's, Jesus said, you know, the Bible says that we are actually the bride of Christ. We're married to Christ. And, and what that means is, is there are going to be days, nine times out of ten, where we're going to wake up and our emotions are going to tell us one thing. 
But the Word of God is going to tell us another thing about our life. Our emotions are going to tell us one thing about our family or about our future or about our situation, but the Word of God is going to tell us another. And I think one thing that I'm trying to get better about, and that's why I love the song Better Word, is that it 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 underst- it doesn't sweep the emotions under the rug, but it speaks to my emotions and it speaks to my situation. So if you feel depressed, if you feel anxiety, if you feel fear, don't sweep the fear or the anxiety under the rug. Give the fear to Jesus and start to use your mouth to declare what Jesus says over your fear, what Jesus says over your situation. And that's the word of God. And that's why I like the bridge of the song. It's rewriting my history. It covers me with destiny. It's making all things right. The precious blood of Christ. It speaks a better word. So that's why I think we wanted to title the record that is because I feel like it it's saying something unique that I think uh, needs. It's a reminder that I think um, I needed, and I think a lot of people need right now in the body of Christ. Thank you. Uh, one question is, uh, what is your heart for local worship music? Like, I mean, it's, it's great to sing songs from, from overseas, from elsewhere, but what's the importance for you, especially in terms of local Christian music? Yes, I would love to see. I would love to see the nations of the world, all across the world, and and here in America, um, that that recording your recording music for your church or writing songs for your church, um, that that isn't reserved. That's not just reserved for large churches or large movements. Um, so your church, like our church, might be a smaller church, like our church here in. And Texas is kind of a smaller church. We have about four or 500 people coming to our church. That's a small church for Texas. A lot of churches in Texas are thousands of people. And you might be from a smaller church, but just because your church doesn't have 30,000 people coming to it, um, and just because your church doesn't have may- maybe a lot of finances or, or, have a, or have a large platform, that doesn't mean that your church doesn't have songs to sing over your community and over your town. Um, I'm, I'm just as excited about churches writing their own songs as I am about them singing other people's songs. So the reason that's important is because, um, you know, as a worship leader or your team, a music team, you understand your people and your city and the challenges that face your city that are unique to you that are different from this, a city two hours away from you. Um, and so the culture of your city and the challenges you face are unique. And so it requires unique songs, special songs that speak to those issues that have unique language that are like special weapons. You know, you don't use a screwdriver when you need a hammer, you know, you you have to, you have to put down the screwdriver and you have to pick up the hammer when you have to hammer a nail. You don't use a screwdriver to hammer a nail, right? So, your issue might look like a nail and you might need a song that looks like a hammer, right? Or your issue might look like a screw and you might need a song that looks like a, a screwdriver. And so, so there are special songs for special situations. So that's why I would say I'm excited that, that it's easier to record music. Um, but I think the main thing is to, the, 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 um, the scary part is, is if we record songs just because it's easy to record them or just because everyone else is doing them. That's not the right motivation. The right motivation should be our church wants to record songs to sing because our church has issues and we have people in our church who have a gifting to write songs and we want to put 
weapons in the hands of our believers, and we want to put faith on, on, on their lips and, and put a song in their heart that they can sing over their family and over our city. And so when that's your motivation um, and it comes from a pure heart, then God can do amazing things in, just in your local church with those songs. So I'm, that's what I hope local worship will be, that, that it will become a lot more popular for churches to sing, for churches to sing unique songs, indigenous songs over there, over their city. Uh, thank you. Okay, Nilan, um, complete this sentence. If I am fifty years old. If I am fifty years old. Uh, um, if I am fifty years old, um, I've lived a lot of life, which which means I have I have experienced a lot with the Lord and experienced a lot in life. I've made a lot of mistakes, which means I have a lot of wisdom. So wisdom, wisdom comes from experience. It's not just wisdom isn't, isn't learned in a book um, or just reading a book. Wisdom comes from knowing the Lord and going through trials and trouble. And I think one of those one of the most powerful things that people in the church who are fifty and above, who've lived a bit more of life than the younger ones serving in their church, um, there can tend to be a discouragement for people who are fifty and over because they see that all of the movements that are really shaping Christianity around the world are predominantly young, and they're they're in their twenties and they're in their thirties and maybe their 40s, and so they can be discouraged by going, well, I'm 60 years old, so I'm not cool, or I'm not hip, or I'm not young, so I f- can feel disconnected from, from this generation or from culture, but that's not true, because everything that God does is generational. God never does anything that, God never does a work in, in, in young people with, without um, including what God has done in previous generations without fathers and mothers. So I think um, we are actually in, a, in desperate need of, of more seasoned believers who walk with God for a longer time. We need them now more than ever to, to serve in their churches, to serve in ministries, and to basically act as a, act as a bulwark or a foundation um, to keep all of the old treasures that God's revealed to previous generations. Now, Jesus said, every scribe that's been trained for the kingdom of God is like a master of his house, and he pulls out of his house new treasures and old treasures. So the work, the work that just because God has spoken something um, 40 years ago to an, to an older generation, that doesn't mean that that thing is now, just because it's old, it's, it's no longer useful. That's not true. God's work is a generational work. So if, if you're ever a part of a movement or a part of something that doesn't honor previous generations, then it's not, it's not the kingdom of God because God's kingdom honors the old treasures and the new. And so I, that's my encouragement. If you're 50 and, and over, now is the best time for you to be more active, more involved, uh, more, there's more vision, there's more destiny of your life now than there's ever been. 
and, and there's a greater need for you in the body of Christ than there ever has been. If you have something to say to young songwriters, what would it be? Young songwriters in church, um, I would say the most important thing for you is to, um, is to, well, two things. Submit yourself to your local church. Find a mother and father in your life that's, that's lived twice as long or longer than you have and that loves the Lord and that cares about your life and they don't have to be musical, but find a mother and father in your life that can speak into your life, that can encourage you and, and bring wisdom into your life. Meet them once a week if you can and, and ask and just listen, listen to them talk. Um, I would say the other thing is meditate on the word of God, fill your mind, your heart with the word of God and all of your four contemplative areas of your day. And then this, the third thing I would say is when you're not reading the word of God, um, make sure that you're putting in things inside of you, whether it's music or it's a book, um, that you're putting in things that have depth and value because whatever you put into you is what's going to come out of you out of the, the mouth or flow, all the issues of the heart or, you know, so, so you're out of uh, the heart flow, all the issues of life. So everything you've placed, you've planted in your heart throughout your week or your day, when you get inspired with a melody or with a lyric idea and you go to finish that song, what you're doing is you're actually, your imagination is drawing on all of the things you've put in over the week. And so if you've put in a bunch of shallow things like scrolling on Instagram, scrolling on Facebook, watching a bunch of random videos on YouTube that don't add any value to your life, or if you've just been binge watching Netflix for a whole week, and then you get really inspired with this melody idea or a lyric idea and you go to try to finish it, you have nothing to draw on. You have nothing to pull out of. But if you've been reading books that are pure and good, like let's say a, a fiction book that's pure and it's good and it's not, and as a believer, you know what's perverted and what's not. So if you're reading something that's pure and good but is challenging you creatively and it's, it's, it's making you read words you've never read before, it's making you... Uh, think and, and creatively more, or if you're journaling and if you're reading the word of God and you're meditating on all those things, you're putting in healthy, deep thinking, contemplative things. And then when you go to write, you actually have something powerful to draw on, uh, like a well of things you've placed in you to draw on. So, um, that's the, that's the thought process behind that. And I wish somebody would have told me that earlier on. All right. One more question. Elon, can you give us two Bible verses that really speaks a lot to you? How And how does it encourage you? Wow. Um, okay. Let me pull them up real quick. There we go. 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, For all of the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. That is why through him, we utter our amen to God for his glory. So that's 2 Corinthians 1.20. I love that one because it's basically, it just describes meditating on the word of God. So amen just means I agree or I believe. So all of the promises of God for you, um, for health, for your future, for your destiny in him, uh, for closeness with him, for knowing him more, for being changed and transformed, all of that is already yes in Christ for you. And so he, through the Holy Spirit, or th which is Christ on the earth with us, Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, um, then 
we through the Holy Spirit. So it says through him we utter back and or or utter means resound. We resound back to God. Amen. And amen just means I agree, I believe, right? And so I want God to make me a living, walking, breathing, amen. And so that's that's the um, that's one of my favorite scriptures right now. Okay, uh, just before we end, could you just say a prayer to our listeners? Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, so God, I just pray for everyone listening. I pray for um, all of the destinies represented. Um, of people who are listening, um, thousands of people uh, who have unique destinies and and calls of God in their life, and God, I just pray that every dead dream would come to life. I pray, I pray that most of all that everyone listening would find a passion, hunger, and thirst uh, supernaturally to pursue you in the secret place to develop a secret history with you, God, that no one sees or knows uh, to pursue you in, in the secret place and that you would become our reward in the open, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys for spending some time with me on the phone and yeah. um, love you guys. And it's amazing. I, I cannot wow. wait to come back to Singapore. I cannot Easy. wait to, to be with you guys again. And partner and serve what God's doing in the nation. I'm, I'm so excited about everything. I was so edified. I'm serious. I tell everyone that I meet how amazing um, the, the work of God is in Singapore and what God's doing there. I, I came back home and I just, I wouldn't shut up about it. I was telling everyone <laughs> how incredible Singapore is and what, and the church there and what God's doing there. So thank you guys for inviting us. Thank you for supporting us. Um, thank you, Raphael, for making this happen. I love you, dude. I love you guys. Y'all are incredible. Have an awesome day. You're listening to the home of local Christian music. Amplify podcast. Make loud his praise.